0: The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport.
1: Perth Football Podcast. We're here doing a full-time whistle. We've got a special guest who's joining us. Um we're down here at Grindelfood Reserve joined by special guest Ben Gilby. We've just finished watching Balkata uh, Zero, uh Fremantle City 1. Um just from your thoughts of the entire game bin what, what, what did you make of that? It looked like a bit of a scrap when I got here at the second half.
0: Yeah, it was a tough game. I mean, I think probably Fremantle had the edge. I think Balcata were very well organised defensively. Um, I thought Baxter Thu was absolutely outstanding. Um, I think, yeah, the first half was really interesting because Freo um, was sort of loading the left side, you know, you know with Walkman, uh, Abby Abbey Green um, down there with... Um, Coleman as well, and so those three were sort of creating havoc down that side. Um, it was just because our were so well organised that I think they they kept them out. But yeah, Abby Green back today was immense. You know, she had that assist. I think it's ultimately, probably the difference in the end.
1: Well, we've got an interview with Bexat, uh, sorry, we've got an interview with Abby Green later on. But I'll get Tommy on. Tommy, you were on um, you were on the call for this game. Was it? Exactly as, as, as Ben said, did you see anything different in terms of it being a, a very dominant display from Fremantle in the first half? Um,
2: Belcata kind of just finding a way to sustain it and maybe trying to nick something on the counter? Well, Ben's kind of stolen my thunder, to be honest. Um, thanks, Ben. Um, no, um, yeah, To be, for free, I had a lot of possession. They had the better of the... Territory, I think is the right way to say it. It was a game where Freo were really sort of hemming Balcata back deep into their um, own half. And, and as Ben said, Baxter was fantastic at the back. EJ Dowse was really good in defense as well. But for the most part, Gabby Dalbusco didn't really have a meaningful save to make. In fact, the only real chance of that first 45 was when Tash Rigby sidestepped to defender got through on goal and Dalbusco came out and, and made a really big save um, in the second half. It was more of the same, really. It was quite a attritional game, um, a game where the third, Final third quality was sort of um, real devoid throughout. On a consistent basis, there was little flashes, and most of those flashes came through Abby Green, who was by far the best player on the pitch, and hence why why we've interviewed her. And just the ability to carve out that assist... Um, on the edge of the area. She was quite central as well, so she didn't really have that much angle to work with, but she was still able to thread it in between two defenders and Olivia Truman in great form this season, Fremantle's leading scorer, eight for the season now. And she got the winner, and it's actually the third time this season that she scored at Grindleford Reserve. She got the equaliser in the round four game here when the two met in the league, and she also scored in the cup uh, when Freo eliminated Balcadis. So she clearly loves playing at this ground, and it's a win which ultimately cements Fremantle City's place in the top four and, and makes life pretty difficult for Balcada now in terms of them having those postseason aspirations.
1: Well, look, you, you mentioned life um, for Balcada. I'll pass it on through to you. Ben, but what 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 were they missing today? Because they obviously they didn't have Monique Prinsloo, um, so I'm I'm pretty sure that Tia would have cut an isolated figure. The, the bits that I saw in the second half, she was picking up the ball about 25 yards from goal and trying to hold up and do something. And it's really hard when your top goal scorer is picking up the ball 80 yards away from goal and trying to do something. But what were they kind of missing today? Because you, you do mention the likes of backs, so you do mention EJ. I saw Kim on the pitch as well, so it wasn't like they weren't they didn't have that steel in the midfield. Same was on the pitch today so what were they kind of missing?
0: I think it was just that in attacks there were so many times that Tia Stone had the ball and she was the one providing the ball into the box and she's the person you want to be in the box to put those balls away so I think that you know when that's the situation you think you know that's what they needed they needed that extra player up from I think
2: yeah, and um, yeah, like like you said, Kalichi, uh, Tia was cutting kind of a bit of an isolated figure, in it. and it is very difficult because, you know, I'm sure Balcata train um, with Monique and with Tia as that front two. One of them comes deep, one of them stays on the last defender, and they sort of alternate like that, but it's a very different role um, that your striker has to play when the system's a little bit different, and there's a pretty key missing part of it, Um so Stonehill and Prinsley have scored 27 of Balcada's 45 goals this season. So um, when the two of them aren't in the team together, their attacking unit looks a a little bit more depleted. And um, I was a little bit surprised, I I think, over the course of the game that they did leave it so long to to maybe change things up a little bit, Balcada. I I thought they would maybe take a chance a little bit early, particularly with NTC winning elsewhere. We'll have a a little wrap of those games um, a bit later on, but maybe just the chance to change that shape, maybe the chance to get somebody up there in that front two with Tia. We didn't quite see it. So it was a little bit disappointing. And it's kind of just really how Balcada's season's gone. They've been tight in a lot of games. They've been in amongst most of the contests. There's not been many occasions where they've been well and truly beaten, maybe Red Star aside. Uh, But unfortunately, it's another story of of, of a pretty repetitive tale that's kind of been the story of their season. Yeah,
1: I... I, I, I find it I find it a little bit frustrating I'm sure that they would too as well because when we speak to the players they talk about the training sessions and how balls on the ground um, there's a lot of tempo a lot of play but at the same time we'll, we'll go on to Fremantle now because they looked like such an organised team and you could see the directions that they were going at in terms of how they were trying to score goals you could see them isolate um, with Tash Rigby on one side you could see them overloading the other sides as you mentioned um, so, so from yourself Ben what did Fremantle do that was just so good that they kind of kept Balcata, um at arm's length?
0: I think the most noticeable thing certainly in that first half was just the amount of talking going on in that team between, I mean, I mean obviously Tash Rigby is the big you know, culmination of that but there was so much talking and encouraging and you know organization verbal organization going around throughout so many different parts of that team a lot of positive energy absolutely yeah and i mean you could see that after the game you know and you can hear from here in the dressing room as well just now what it sort of meant to them and yeah, it was just that sort of verbal organization all the time there that wasn't wasn't quite as evident from balcata but yeah that energy there amongst them
2: well look um sorry tommy I was just going to say, I thought um, I thought Annabelle Leak was fantastic at the back in defence again today. She she didn't put a foot wrong. I know we, we praised Baxter and we praised EJ for their performances before for the for the home team, but I thought the visitors were, were really good as well. I thought um, I thought. Leek and Adams were terrific at the back. They didn't really give um, Balcatar a sniff centrally, and, and as a result, um, we saw Tia having to come a little bit deeper and get a little bit more involved as the game wore on. As a result, just because she was she was being so well marshaled um, by those two, and uh, look, Laura Waltman was was terrific in midfield again. She's she's just the engine room. Um, I've said this before on previous podcasts, but she's, for me, one of the the top three players, I think, who are going to be right in that gold medal count at the end of the season. There's her, um, there's Raina Kagame. Unfortunately, Georgia Cassidy's been suspended, so I don't think she can win it. Otherwise, she'd be up there as well. But waltman has been phenomenal. Naughty girl there, Georgia. Waltman's been phenomenal this season and um, I suppose the icing on the cake as we um, said before was Abby Green's performance because throughout the whole game she looked the one. She looked the one piece of X Factor that was likely to carve out the opening, that pace, that burst of speed. that ability to dribble down the left and break lines. And it ultimately, we're used to seeing her deliver with pace and break lines and real provide that penetration and attack. But on this occasion, she was able to carve out this absolutely gorgeous pass and Tr- Truman couldn't miss. It was just an easy one for the striker to walk on. And um, as mentioned before, Truman continues her good season and, and Freo get the win with, a, I think it was an 86-minute goal in the end. You mentioned Abby
1: Green and we've got this interview that we've had with her a little bit earlier. So we'll uh, cut to that interview, right?
2: now abby well done today Um, awesome performance from yourself obviously you've had a little bit of time away from the team but you obviously carved out that great assist for olivia's late winning goal Um, tell us about how important that three points was today obviously to just keep that you had those back-to-back losses against perth and red star now to have back-to-back losses uh, back-to-back wins going into the end of the season um how important is that for the girls
3: yeah very important i think that um yeah gaining momentum towards the end of the season especially these games against other top four teams is really important i think as far as i'm aware going into this game we were third and balcada were fourth so it's good to keep ahead of that and keep fighting for top two even
2: it was a tough game out there today obviously balcada needed the three points themselves to to keep their top four hopes alive Um, they really frustrated you defensively baxter had a great game at the back um What was it in terms of the determination of the girls and and just that ability to keep going and keep going that got you over the line?
3: Yeah, I think it was a, a high energy, very physical game from the start. Bax had a great game, um, as you said, but obviously we knew that we needed these three points as well. And I think that the girls always have a lot of energy going into all our games to so just keep pushing till the end. And even after we scored that one, I think our effort defensively was also very good.
2: In terms of your performance, outstanding today. Um, we had a little chat before off mic, but um, obviously you're gearing up towards getting back in the glory um, pre-season training in early September. You've had a little bit of time away. So so how do you feel um, you're sort of motoring in towards getting those minutes in your legs and, and coming into Glory's training camp in the best shape possible.
3: Yeah, obviously I didn't play a full game last week. I only came off the bench, so it was good to start this week and get a whole 90-minute game in and then hopefully do the same over the next couple of weeks before pre-season starts.
2: And obviously now you've got... A few games left, obviously, you're out of the cup. You probably can't catch Red Star in the league now. So is all the focus and all the energy now on top four and making sure that you're in the best position possible to be able to reach that fit and firing?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, Cementing our spot in top four is our number one priority. And then if we can get um, a home semi, um, it would be great as well. So, yeah, top two is what we're looking for.
1: And, Abby, just, just for myself... Obviously, coming into the glory season on, on the way here, how do you keep the body in good nick when you've got all this football they've already played, plus you've grown up for a professional season as well? Like how, do you, how do you do that?
3: Um, yeah, so we obviously have training sessions throughout the week with Frio, and then um, me, Tash, and Sadie from Balcada, we do a bit of running um, on the days that we don't train. So the glory strength and conditioning coach is around in our off-season, and we just run with him.
1: So, so I can find you on Strava?
3: Oh, no, you can't find us on Strava.
2: (laughs) Top class today, Abby. Well done.
3: (laughs) Thank you very much.
2: And
0: before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. And you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at One Hobson Gate. All right. Thank you so much to Abby Green for joining us
1: for that interview. I still find it absolutely amazing the amount of like just how in shape you have to be because it's not easy to play an MPLW league season and then jump in and be in good nick for a Perth glory season as well. So massive kudos to her. Um, We'll do a quick wrap up of the scores. And Tommy, I think you've got the
2: results from the NTC game. Yeah, so we've not been able to check any of the goals yet because we're doing this straight after the game here at Grindleford Reserve, but it was a 3-0 win uh, on last check anyway to to NTC over Subiaco. So, look, as far as NTC are concerned, they've really taken ownership of that fourth place now with Mum FC and Balcata both losing today. It means they're six points clear. Um, They've got a game in hand on Balcata in fifth as well. So, look, with three rounds remaining, I know there's going to be some games in hand that get played during the week, but um, it seems, Ben, as if it really is NTC's spot to lose now and um, as far as they're concerned it'll just be about managing those games in hand the one they've got in midweek and um, and if they can do that then they should be able to sign up that fourth spot.
0: Yeah I think so. I think the only slight question mark I might have in terms of the, is the fact that the sheer number of games they've still got to play in such a short period of time I think that's realistically possibly the only Chance they may have of dropping that place, but I think you know they've got that little bit more consistency that the likes of Mum FC and Balkat haven't managed to put together.
1: You mentioned the run-in on games for them. And I just want to talk about the fact that they backed it up after a really intense game midweek as well. Um, I know that they have a pretty decent enough squad that they could potentially do a bit of rotation, but it's not easy to go midweek. And that was a really late game on that on that Wednesday night. It, by the time we got out of there, Tommy, it was about almost 11 o'clock, maybe a little bit after 11 o'clock. So to back it up and then to, to play... Um, a, a, a Greg Farrell side and be well drilled and well organised and to get those three points is going to be huge and they're going to need to be doing that for the next what how many how many more weeks have they got with midweek games as well Tommy?
2: Well they're basically, they're basically playing Sunday, Wednesday Sunday, Wednesday Sunday, Wednesday for the next three weeks I think until the end of the season maybe with the exception of the final round <laughs> um, but they've got two make-up games to make the first of those is on Wednesday night again against Perth Red Star um, and actually that's a game in which Red Star um could pretty much all but win the title i know they're, they're very they're very much there but if they can win that game then they're very much holding it with one and three quarter hands you'd, you'd have to say um um but look yeah NCC firm favorites and um yeah to, to come off that midweek game, a wet pitch, awful weather in the rain. There would have been some sore bodies after that, getting in bed late as well, <laughs> probably 11 o'clock midnight once you've freshened up and everything, you know, full, full kudos. And it just goes to show the job that Ben Anderton keeps, keeps doing with that team.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, it's massively impressive. I think as well, they had all those um, games in a short space of time in the uh, NTC Challenge on the East east Coast as well. So it's just been, you know, high-level game after high-level game with, with, you know, such a a young group of players as well to factor in. But, yeah, they've looked really good.
2: Today's other game saw Perth Soccer Club win by four goals to two over Murdoch University, Melville. So a little bit similar to today's game, really. A, a big win for, for Perth in terms of just making sure that their top Four spot is locked away. They were always going to make it anyway, I think. But um, I think mathematically now that's them definitely in the postseason, and that will give Pete Rackett a chance to maybe just manage a few players and, and try and get them primed for a potential top four match. But from MFC, they they also lose ground on that top four now. And look, it's been a, a tough season for MFC. It's a very young squad. that They have they don't have a lot of depth. They've missed some um, some injured injured players at key moments throughout the season. But I think um, I was saying this to Ben a little bit earlier before today's game. But I, I'm very glass half full on mum fc i like the direction they're going i like the football they're playing and of course they've got that state cup final to look forward to against the under ntc at the state football center in september so i think that'll be a great match i think it'll be a, a real showcase between two of the, the brightest young teams uh, here in, in wa and it, it's kind of fitting really that the the introduction of the new facility in in women's football here is is, is going to be opened by two of the best young talented women's teams in in the league
0: yeah, I mean, that's massively exciting. I think also as well, you know, a bit of, bit of a wrap to Perth as well because they've had so many crazy injury situation there this year and to somehow to keep getting the results that they are despite everything that's going on there and, you know, and despite everything that the they've been faced with and, you know, having to play so many games back-to-back away from home as well, although obviously they had the front-loaded start. Um, but, yeah, that's a respect for them for making it through
1: like again we've been talking about it every single time and I'm going to keep harping on about it they are missing eight first team players the majority of which would be starters in their team or any other team and the fact they're still managing to get wins I think it's a compliment a a huge compliment to the players their, their attitude their tenacity their determination a lot of those players we spoke to Pete um, midweek and a lot of those players are playing close to the red zone in terms of their bodies and probably need a, a, a break um, and they still keep backing it up um, he's used a lot of the a lot of the under 21s in that squad as well and blooded them there so that's going to be invaluable experience in minutes and i just want to just give all the kudos as well to Pete Rackage because the the job that he's been doing to keep that side in it, motivated a lot of coaches, a lot of teams could have just packed it in and gone, ah look it's just not our season, Um, yeah but that's a huge credit to him and I just also kind of, I think it's just dawned on me now that the way that it looks is that we might have we've got a new um, night series champion from last year we're going to have a new state cup champion from last year Um, Red Star probably all but done the league but that's three different title winners from last year just shows you that like how good the competition has been this year as well and and like you said they've got a chance now Perth to not necessarily rest on their laurels but to give players a a much-needed break and kind of
2: zoom in and target that top four cup well, if they've got the players to rotate, that's the question. Whether whether the player they're still going to have to put eleven players out on the pitch between now and the end of the season, but maybe it's an opportunity to check out some of the twenty ones. Maybe some of the players who have had a heavy workload and have had to play maybe more minutes than they'd like to. Maybe a chance to maybe just come, give them a chance to come off the bench if possible. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that period's managed over the next few weeks. But look, it's. Um, well, whilst Red Star, just to touch on them as well, eleven 0 winners on Friday night. We, we reverted to it yesterday a little bit in the podcast. Rainer Kagami with four goals, twenty for the season, just an unbelievable first year in, in WA, and um, it it just goes to show. I think Carlos Vega Maynard has only lost three games as head coach in his in the last three years <laughs> that he's been there, and it's it's just a stunning, it's a, just a stunning show really of of coaching from him of team cohesion and continuity. Um, we, we were all worried that they were going to maybe just drop off a little bit given some of the absences. Losing Larry, the top, uh, Larissa Walsh, top scorer from last season, um, gold medal winner as well, obviously with Carla and, and Sean, um, two experienced bodies um, not there in the centre of the park for differing reasons. That We thought there was going to be a betting-in process, but it's just been such a seamless transi- transition. And, yeah, it cater and... and um, and Kagame have really stepped up to the mark and they're most certainly a worthy a worthy champion aren't they Ben Yeah
0: I'm in are I mean, they're just a champion team, full stop. I mean, you, when you watch them and you see the opposition getting chances, you know that unless the opposition take chances when they come, you just know that come second half, Red Star are just going to come up and, and run over the top of them. And that's, you know, that's a sign of a champion team and that's who they are.
2: Either way, I think it should be an interesting top four cup. I think even though Red Star will win the league, I think we've, we've seen today with Fremantle City that they've got the match winners, they've got the game breakers. Um, we know Perth, if they can keep the legs fresh, they've certainly got players players such as Gemma Crane Ella Lincoln's having a really good season they have players who who can certainly prove the difference and look NTC as well, on any given day, if if they show up and they put in a 10 10 out of 10 showing, we saw in round one, they can beat Red Star too. So, look, whilst it looks as though, unfortunately, with the league in its current position at the moment, that it's going to be a little bit of a soft run into the end of the season, the the title race looks over, the top four race looks pretty close to over as well. So, it looks as though the excitement's now going to have to wait until the top four, but that should still be very intriguing in itself. Look, that's all
1: from us on the full time. So we're going to leave this one out for free because we're not going to be out tomorrow um, doing our flagship show because the Matildas are playing and also because Nigeria are playing as well. So no one's going to be in the studio trying to record. But I think, I think you guys are going to both be in the uh, fan zone section. Is that right tomorrow, gents? I am, yep.
2: I think Tommy is as yeah. well. I'm hoping to be there, yeah, Excellent. if I can get out of work quickly. So yeah, it should be a should be a cracking atmosphere and yeah, obviously go Tillies and, and go England. Sorry, Kalachi.
1: Mate, if if the if the Super Falcons win, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on absolute cloud nine if the Super Falcons win. Um, but yeah, Sam Kerr might be back as well, is that right?
0: Sounds like maybe she might come on as a sub, I think, is what I've been hearing. But yeah, looks like it.
1: That'll be awesome. Well look, that is it from us here at Grinifall Reserve. Say goodbye, Tommy. Say up. Say goodbye Ben.
0: Thanks guys. Take care.
1: And remember be careful and be kind.